and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. We have a little bit of royalty on the show this week. The one and only king of freestyle, Stevie B, joins us. I mean, the guy's a legend. I mean, we can go through all the songs. Dreaming of Love, Part of Your Body, Spring Love, which we played in the intro, I Want to Be the One in My Eyes, and of course, Because I Love You, the Postman song, which went to number one at the end of 90, early 91, four straight weeks, it was all over the place. He tells a very interesting story about the background of the song and the meaning of it, because it's not what you would seem to think it would be. He's still touring these days, he's still putting out amazing new music, his latest single take it all back is fantastic he sold tours on all the uh, freestyle explosion tours talk about that talk about the state of freestyle the legacy of it as well how he got into business and uh, some of the other albums during i guess the dark times of freestyle stevie very interesting guy was a real character i enjoyed my conversation with him and i hope you do as well So, Stevie, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. No worries. Yeah, so we got so many different ways that maybe we can start this, but you've been performing for years, and you actually came to my town that I live in now, Trumbull, Connecticut, about 12 mm-hmm. years ago. You performed at a restaurant called Marissa's. Yeah, <laughs> I remember Marissa's. Yeah, and unfortunately, I was away at work, but I really uh-huh. wanted to go. But there's a clip of it on YouTube, and mm-hmm. you're just rocking, singing Spring Love. The the crowd is... you. You know, you have the crowd the palm in your hand, you know, singing all the words. So do you remember the first time you actually had that feeling where you had the crowd eating up the palm of your hands? Well, I've done so many uh, shows. I don't know if I remember the first, first time. You're talking shit. <laughs> You're talking about 35 years plus of shows and, you know, probably 100 shows a year kind of thing. So you can do the math. It's quite a bit. But I could say it was it was pretty much early on uh i get that little queasiness and that feeling that wow we might have something here my first i guess you can say the first hit record show would have been in a place called nepenthes in fort lauderdale and uh uh you know we were just starting radio and, and that was back in the day of the mix show the mix show days you know and then everybody come and say, Stevie, you're doing the show at Nefantis, bro. They got a line around the building. The kids are going crazy. I'm like, come on, give me a break, bro. He said, man, it's sold out. It's sold out. Right. And I got there. The place was just madness. It was yeah. it was like the owners, like, we've never seen the place like this kind of thing. So I guess you could say Nepenthes would be the right. It, it would be the winner of that particular first first round of it. Yeah. But it started there to get that that uh, uh, that feeling and that knowledge that hey, uh, you know what I might be on to something. Yeah, and it's crazy you mentioned thirty five years and like you're still going strong. The freestyle explosions going strong. I saw a show Radio City a few years ago and it was just like amazing. Everyone was there. Who's who? You were there. Everyone uh, like a four and a half hour show. It was fantastic. Yeah. So yes. what? do you think is like the lasting legacy of freestyle? Why are we still like listening to it now? Like, why is it so relevant these days still? I think, you know, it's like anything else when you have a recipe and, uh, and the people like it, it's hard to get rid of. Um, There have been several fads and styles in between, let's just say 
the Lisa Lisa and the Shannons who were probably the pioneers right and getting this record uh getting this type of music and getting their records uh, uh somewhat of mainstream uh then it, you know it started in the clubs all of this was club generated and then all of a sudden you would I think around 87 88 uh they started to do the the hot stations uh, we really flipped stations to go for this genre. So uh, back to answer your question, uh, believe me, I go through this daily trying to uh, uh, convince program directors and music directors that their music is still relevant and it still means something only because if I didn't see it, I wouldn't try to promote it as something right. legitimately that needs to be around or that still should be heard kind of thing. And it's not so much to compete with kids or whatever the Drakes or the the Dirk, little Dirk, little babies or whoever there's the flavor of the week. Right. Only because uh, I don't think anything like this ever existed. It's because it's really relevant. I mean, it really means something. And by show of the amount of tickets that we still sell for big venues, I know right. there's a lot of artists that do the smaller venues, but we're doing major industry, major numbers that compete with some of what you would call the heavy, heavy hitters. Um, and uh, people still love the music. And that's the only thing that drives me to not continue, but maybe to say, hey, look, let's try a new twist on this. Let's see if we can put a little flavor on it. And yeah. that leads me into why I did um, take it all back. Right. And and like when you haven't rested on the laurels you haven't just rested on spring love and all those other songs you're putting out new music and you mentioned take it all back
which is a fantastic single and even the album best of life well, you can get into that as well mm-hmm. now you know with, with the single are you planning to do an album is the, yeah, the album release is that kind of like antiquated now because no one really buys albums anymore they just stream yeah. songs when they come out well you know it's, it's sort of like a uh a redundant question in a way um things have changed and i and i think that uh, we did albums because that was the thing to do of course uh, in the music industry you do right. a single you do a single and then of course you could uh, it's mm-hmm. a leader to sell whatever hot record that you might have at the time and it's a bigger it's a bigger product line so instead of one song and one single you're selling uh, 10 songs or 15 songs or whatever you put on the albums so um i think maybe not uh there is a single uh, take it all back that was on the best of life album and it right. got and it got caught literally right in the middle of covid and it took me a lot to do that album uh, mm-hmm. it was the album that uh uh proceeded the rants that i was doing a couple of years when these guys was trying to quote unquote take over the music right or the freestyle music tanasi and all these guys and and I, you know, I was talking a lot of shit, and and you know, and uh, I had to back it up. I couldn't just do that and say, "All right, you see what I'm saying? You can't do it." And everybody's like, "Well, then tell us what you're talking about. If this is not it, show us what is it based on Stevie B." Right. And it took a minute to put that thing together, and then uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, we ran into COVID, and then post COVID, I said, you know. Uh, this can't be there's a lot of singles on there that could be really good records so i said let me i'm going to revisit uh take it all back because hmm. it really kind of like said what i really wanted to say right. about old school but uh how could i put a new school twist on it and that's what we came up with felix felix okay. sama when, right. we did, when we did the remix yeah and like I'm glad you did because you know it is fantastic. A lot of artists do that where you know a song that might be a single kind of gets lost in the shuffle on an album. You know you release it again and, and it has greater success. But speaking of the pandemic, I mean, like you guys tour and you tour extensively. I'm sure that's where your main revenue is now. So mm-hmm. how like devastating was that for just the industry? It was it was uh, beyond devastating, uh, only because I you know at the time I was just starting to build a house in Brazil. It was right at the beginning, uh, even though, you know, I had the funding, uh, you know, you still have to maintain quite a bit of, uh, I, I maintain a lot of people. Uh, and it caught me off guard uh, to the point where we were, uh, um, we were just getting going and, and the revenue was just about to come in. And, you know, it was pretty substantial and uh all of a sudden it went to zero very fast right and no matter how much money you got if you didn't plan to get hit like that i had to go into survival mode and uh you know i wind up having to sell some properties uh things of that nature so uh it was pretty it was pretty devastating but we survived yeah you survived and now you guys are thriving again everyone is yes, like hungry for yes. you know for live music and everyone's yeah. showing out in droves so it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's take it all back. I mean, what's the expectation 
for like the song i mean it's so hard getting new music from like legacy artists on on radio now i mean is the radio even like relevant now for you guys it's relevant in our minds more so than it is of what the real reality is right radio is and this is what i get from radio people and i have paid sizable number amount of money right now to go figure out if we still mean anything to radio and they are so lost Noel, uh, they don't have a clue to what's they're copying stuff from TikTok and whoever's the TikTok winner and uh, uh, who is the who is the Instagram this and uh, they're not doing it off of any real feeling that the program director or the music director used to usually have or a mix show DJ or what might be trending in their area because everybody didn't normally just go. The the local DJs had their finger on the pulse. The mix show got his guy had his finger on the pulse, and then the music director has some sense of what's good and not good, anyways. And what would because what might work in Cincinnati might not work in Miami, right? Uh, but they got this cookie cutter thing now. If you blow up TikTok, no matter what it is and from where, uh, uh they're gonna add it because the kids. But our audience is 35, 40, 40 plus. They're the first of all, freaking kids ain't listening to radio no more. No, that's all not. that's done. Yeah, right. So the only ones that sort of left are the 40 plus audience, our demographic. Right. But they've taken this role now. They want to do 2000s and beyond. That's what they're calling it. 2000s yeah. and uh, uh, so they got a little slogan. So my conversation with them is uh, my question to them is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> right. You'll play all my old stuff, yeah. but you're saying that you won't take a meal from me now, uh, 30 years later. Um, maybe I'm better. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little wiser. Maybe I'm a little bit more polished. Maybe I'm Quincy Jones coming at you with beat it from Michael Jackson off the wall. Uh, what is it that's stopping you from playing me? And you can't tell me whether that you really don't like this record. Yeah, you're just using some kind of protocol now that says, "Oh, we're not playing anything new." Who told you to say that? Where did you get that from? I don't. But we're the only culture that uh, that does that. Other cultures they don't disband their legends so easily. Roberto Carlos in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, he's still relevant. He still can go to radio, TV. Yeah. He does songs with some of the younger groups. He does what what Elton did with uh uh uh, uh what's the girl Britney Britney Spears. Uh, Elton could do with Britney. I mean, right? You know what? What are you trying to say? Music yeah. is music, you know. So in a way, I'm perturbed, but in a way, I have to accept the reality that we're we're gonna have to create new uh, situations for ourselves, and they're there, but uh, it really. I can say the 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 reality has kicked in that they're not going to play a 65-year-old guy's music uh even though they're copying whatever the teen radio stations are. Right. It's not real because uh they're just copying it to try to stay relevant. But there's no audience there. No. Their their cumes are down, their numbers are down. And the reality is my 18 year old daughters, my 16 year old daughter, <laughs> they don't fucking listen to radio. No. That ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter doesn't. They all send Spotify or yeah, YouTube that's right. or, or whatever. That's right. you know? 
I yeah. listen to satellite radio, so it's you know the same thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Now, on these uh, freestyle explosion tours, can you play new music? Do they allow that? Oh yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't dictate. Okay. As <clears throat> long as you you know your show is surrounded by your hits, of course, because yeah. it's a let it's a legends tour right. about uh, uh you know uh, retro hit records, but uh the promoter doesn't dictate what I put on. As long as you get in and the play usual. your hits, because you'd be right. kind of stupid not to. I mean, of why would you? I mean, yeah. I'm not, you go like you you used to go to a Prince show and he won't play anything off the fucking Purple Rain album. He don't right. care. Yeah. But you know we're not in that thing, and and I don't think it's fair for me to go to a show, and sing and not sing my core hit records. Yeah. But uh, you have to be careful when you're introducing a hit record. You better time it. You better you better set it up. Yeah. And say, hey, you know, if you love, you know, my other hits, you know, can I give you something different? Yeah, can I do? Right. And they'll usually and, and, and believe it or not, they're normally hungry. For something, it better be, but it, 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 be, well, better it, be good. it better be good, right? Yeah, no, because I'm I'm always one if I see an artist who I love, I want to hear new music as well, yeah, you know. And some people just don't, they want to hear the same, like you know, hits, yeah, the same yeah. 15 songs over. I'm but I'm I and the artist, you know, I get both sides, I get both sides of the coin, I, I, do I can too. see it, yeah, I no, can see it, I but it's too. always a it's always a risk there, yeah, that you might feel some rejection, but you right. know, the the one the weird thing is. I felt that same rejection when I introduced Dreaming of Love. I felt the same rejection when I did Spring Love and my eyes don't want to be the one. When you're trying to, here I am, I've got Dreaming of Love. It's hot as a firecracker. Boom, boom, boom. Then I'm trying to say, hey, I got this other new track. It's called In My Eyes, which eventually became a hit. Yeah. Or Want to Be the One. It eventually became a hit. But it got lukewarm reception in the beginning. So don't expect you're going to go in the front of an audience and, and think they're gonna just all of a sudden, you know, start yeah. throwing panties and bras on the stage. It, right. it, it don't normally happen like that. Right. And then every song is a new song at some point. So, That's right. Yeah. Now, how much politicking does it go into, into those tours with the promoters? Look, I think it's it's a, it's a it's some there. It's definitely there. I mean, if you notice, I, I don't go to New York as much as I used to. Right. Only because of my tax bracket uh uh for them yeah and uh i don't i don't fudge on my pricing so they would prefer to get a a, a artist that they can get for probably um a one-tenth of what they could pay me right and they don't do the numbers per se but you know their word back to me is i take up probably 70 percent of their budget okay. to do those shows so and then they say oh well you can you do that i said First and foremost, I don't go into New York and the and the, and, the, and all the boroughs as much as a, a lot of those New York groups do. I think my value is very very high. Yeah. Uh, especially going to New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, uh, I have a huge audience. I don't oversaturate like some of those groups, and I see the reason why they can't reach probably north of six seven thousand dollars a show. Not, you know, I'm not saying what they make. I'm just saying is right. some of them can't get past it. Only because they don't let the value of their brand get hungry. They don't let people hunger for it. Yeah. And I do. And uh, and the politics is on the West Coast, Midwest and other markets. They pay my fee. They don't cry. We sell out. And I could do the same mm. in uh, New York. Uh, but I, you know what? I don't push it. Mm. And uh, I do enough business and yeah. I'm fine. I mean, I definitely do want to. 
I mean, it's in me to say, hey, look, I conquered New York, too. See, you know, right. I conquered Jersey, uh, yeah. Connecticut, all of that. We conquered it. Yeah, we definitely miss you up here. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess let's take it, you know, let's take it all back a little bit, so to speak. Um, you started at a pretty like older age for most artists. That's know? right. That's people didn't know that. That's yeah, true. So, yeah. I was already 29. Yeah. So like, what were you uh, doing prior to that? And then like, what was your actual big break? You know, I was doing some, I was doing some street stuff. I was hustling. I was trying to, you know, I was doing what I had to do to take care of my family. Um, you know, uh, and I'm not going to say uh, things that I'm not proud of. You no, know, of course not. Yeah. I was at, I was having fun. Okay. I was doing, and I was able to stay, you know, away from, uh, uh, legal dangers and those types of things. I was fortunate. Uh, the, the universe had it set for me that, uh, you know, it must've protected me because some people didn't get out unscathed. Right. But, um, I think in a lot of ways, when I look back at it on a spiritual uh, level, uh, this, this music was created for us. It was created for, uh, uh, us to realize what that bigger meaning was artistically and uh showing by the results um it, it was something that was made for us nobody else could get in because many have many i have tried yeah but many have failed uh they couldn't just i mean look at mark anthony look at jennifer lopez look at all of them a lot of those artists wanted to be freestyle artists yeah. and it just wasn't meant to be and then you know you have those core 10 uh, the Georges, the Stevies, the KLs, right. uh, Noels, and Lisa Lisas. You know the names. There's a, there's a traditional uh, top seven that yeah. get booked the most. Right. Um, but I think on the, on, the, on the higher sense, and many, many moons away from those hustling days, yeah. uh, that this was something very special, and it was meant for us. And uh, I think the universe for allowing us to be in it and i thank the universe for allowing me to be you know a big part of it yeah and yeah we're we're, we're totally grateful too for the for all the music thank you uh, now like in that regard you mentioned you know some some of the greats and you know, obviously you're you know nicknamed the king of uh, freestyle but not all your music is freestyle and uh one of my favorite albums of yours is right here right now and that's, mm -hmm, that's like yeah you know, like 98 i think that i think that you know freestyle was over then you know, way over, way over. Way, all alternative. I think grunge still, and they kind of, yeah, a little bit of like you know hip hop. But that album, you still have some freestyle songs on there. You have some crazy covers on there, like you have uh, Paul McCartney.
when the freestyle like kind of age was done there what what do you expect from those albums do you still have your your core fans do they move on because that album really i mean i loved it but how much really reception no, do they get no for for sure date wise freestyle was over by 1990 yeah it really it really only had a 3 year right heyday and at that time you got to remember also it wasn't called freestyle there was no titling called it freestyle yeah. we were we were just new pop artists right we were pop dance latin yeah. flavored artists that really didn't have a label uh, latin freestyle but uh, once i did because i love you and once i did love me for life and those ballads i was not restricted uh in those in those parameters yeah so in a real sense noel i i never thought like that i never thought like a quote unquote freestyle artist Right. I always thought of myself as an artist. And if you listen to all my stuff, I had always had a variety of crazy shit yeah. on there that, mm -hmm. that didn't fit uh, the right. quote unquote freestyle uh, mm -hmm. uh, flavor. It didn't have those little elements in it. I did some, I did a uh, uh, children of tomorrow. I did day and night. I did uh, uh, no more tears. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did stuff that has nothing to do with, or be can even considered to be freestyle. And I continued on that trend uh, all my life because, it, you know, it gets stu it gets stupid. Uh, so uh, make a long story, just maybe a little bit longer, uh, I, you know, and that's a very and I like that question. Look, I never thought of myself like that. I really didn't know what I was as right. far as, you know, it's sort of like I'm this free thinker. All of a sudden now it says, oh, but you're a freestyle. You're the king of freestyle. So that means everything you do have to be freestyle orientated. Uh, the seed of it has to be freestyle. It has to have a freestyle progression. It has to have see. And I never thought of myself like that since the beginning, since the, the, the Party Your Body album. Right. And even before. But thereafter, when you now you're talking about 93, 94, I think I did the Right Here, Right Now album. Uh, it was leaning more at that time. The most R and B was come R and B artists, male R and Bs were hot. Right. So uh, I, then I had to try to f follow that. I said, well, I can do something of that nature. I had the tenor voices. Yeah. Uh, I, and all you need is, is a nice thick track. Uh, of course, you had to have you know you had to have a, a hit record. Yeah. And then. Uh, I think the dance thing came in, the Euro dance thing was coming. And so I say, let me try to Paul McCartney stuff. I always wanted to do that song. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like nostalgia myself. So I'll sneak in some stuff every once in a while that to kind of like tell a part of my story because I'm right. attached. I'm attached to that history. And it, it played a big part of uh, that's part of my cellular musical cellular structure. It's just there. I listen to 60s, 70s. I listen to 50s. Right. Uh, and then, you know, you don't realize it, but it's a part of your DNA. And when you start to write, mm. the same melodies or something, uh, variations of it starts to come out of you. Right. I mean, because growing up, you didn't have that music. You didn't have freestyle a lot. And so it was just like you had to listen to everything. And that's what a lot that's of people right. say, you know, like. That's why the style is, is free. 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah. when did that title first come about then? The freestyle. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know. I just thought that uh it sort of got attached to us some kind of way. And uh I guess because we were so unidentifiable, we weren't R and B, we weren't hip hop, uh 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 you know, we weren't rock. We were kind of like a little bit of, uh, you know, everything. Yeah. So our style was pretty free of uh, any kind of identities that were readily identifiable. So cool enough, we were we were pretty much a freestyle. And uh, by the time it all came out of the, 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 the freestyle explosion, you know, I had already somehow people had crowned me uh, the king. Maybe I was the one that was still. I didn't know how I was being perceived from the outside looking in. Right. But I know I was at the top of the food chain and uh, and I still maintain that image uh, uh, today, some 35 years later. Right. Now, being at the top back then, how difficult was it to stay on top? You know, they say, you know, you come at the king, you better not miss. Like, but you, you backed it up with the music, but how difficult was it to maintain that? And you have like artists coming at you. I liked, I liked the competition of it. Right. But I never thought that they could touch me. Fair enough. Uh, If you go back and look at my, my, my Hawaiian boys, my band, I had a band since day one. Okay. Uh, I had a look and I designed it that way. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to look exotic. I wanted it to look, I didn't want to just have three Puerto Ricans in the back dancing for me and the DJ sitting in the middle. Uh, I said, I wanted to go out. I saw uh, Alexander O'Neill mm-hmm. and I saw Frankie Beverly and Mays. Okay. And they had Asian keyboard players and different looking people. And, you know, I'm from Miami. I had never seen Asians I didn't know Filipino food. I didn't know right. the exoticness of the world. And thank God uh, uh, my travels as Stevie B allowed me to go to the West Coast, go to San Jose and all of that. You know, that's all that's all Filipinos, Chinese, Japanese yep. and everything from Asia. And um, I got introduced to uh, one guy who wound up having a cousin, Eric Cortez, which was my percussion player has a cousin which is phil melagrito which became corel and okay. they had two other friends and i'm like i want you guys and then what how i really met uh, my band is i i went to do a show for a guy named john lopez from upstairs record he had okay jocelyn enriquez he had okay quite a festival. i don't know if you know about john but he's right. a nice little uh uh indie label out of uh, san jose nice so nice little label and uh, he invited me to do a show early on he got it he heard it early, but he was still a little early right. with uh, selling out venues there. Let's just say I, I went to the fairgrounds and he had me with one or other artist, but he was excited. He knew it was going to be big and it did not sell out. Okay, It was lackluster at best. So, you know, in the fairgrounds, you have to go into these different barns. They have barns. Yeah. So you go to one barn and they have a show or they might have the cows or whatever it is. That's how fairs do. But he he, he booked me at a venue on the fair, uh, San Jose fairgrounds. And I did the show. I was in the limo and I was a little bit I was a little bit down. I'm like, ah, it could have been better. You know, maybe it'll do better. I was early in my career. Right. And on the way out of the main 
exit, there was a place and, and Noel, it was packed with people. And I'm like, what the hell is going on in here? This is what, you know, maybe the people got the place mixed up. Right. You know, but I, I got out of the limo. I told limo driver, pull over. Let me go see what's going on. And it was all high school kids. It was my audience. Okay. And I asked somebody, I said, uh, what's going on? They say it's a fundraiser for, I guess, some teenagers who were in a car accident and they got killed. Okay. And soon, and as soon as I walk in, there was a keyboard stand. And this little Asian looking dude, wine looking dude, he's standing there. And I'm like, you know, who are you? What do you do? And he the one, he's the one told me that, that that's what had happened. Yeah. I say, I say, can you play that thing? He say, he say, yeah, I'm pretty good. And at that time, a lot of people weren't programming music yet. We were still right. on, we were still on the on the digital uh cusp okay. of transitioning into. And he said, yeah, he said, well, I'm pretty good. I said, do you have any music you ever did? He said, yeah, I write music and produce. I said, okay, now that's rare. Yeah. We, like I say, we were pioneers. And he said, uh, he said, oh, but I have I have a, a cassette that I did. It's in my car. You want to hear it? So he brought me the cassette and I played it in the limo. I say, you know, well, what is you know, what can I lose? Yeah. He played me Love Me for Life. Wow. Him singing it, playing it, and I'm I'm getting. I, 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 we we say Portugal hippiado. My my skin, my hair is standing up. Right. And uh, I say, wow. I say it's pretty. Now this is about uh, maybe three days or four days before three days before Christmas. Okay. And I say, well. I like your stuff. I say, I'm looking for a keyboard player. I just took it just like that. I say, I'm looking for a keyboard player. I say, I want you to come on the road with me. He said, when? I'm like, right now. Yeah. It's 11 o'clock at night. We got a flight in the morning to New York. I want you to yeah. come. Right. And I said, I need a drummer. Do you know anybody that plays drums? So here's this Asian kid, long hair, yeah. good looking kid. He said, yeah. He said, I have a, a friend of mine. He plays at a lot of the hotels and he's a good drummer. I never heard him play. Right. And it wound up being Damakala. Okay. And it's, my, and it's my same drummer today who's been playing. Dadjul is no longer uh, my keyboard player, but he was my yeah. keyboard player for 15 years oh. after that meeting. So it was just Dadjul, which was the keyboard mm -hmm. player. Let me, he let me for life. And he wind up, if you look at credits, Dadjul was the one mm -hmm. on In My Eyes, Want to Be the One. Okay. He was co writer. He got co writer's yeah. credits. And of course, Love Me for Life was his. Right. So he wind up making a little bread. Oh, that's good. So um, the, the music sticking around was a part of that design. And then later on, uh, I met the other people in their circles who were, uh, they embraced what they call quote unquote freestyle yeah. early on too, but right. it didn't reach mainstream yet. It was still underground, but yeah. I'm like, this place is going to be a hotbed. And then later on, as you know, San Jose is probably the top two audiences in the country for us when we right. go there and play the, the, the Shark Arena over there. Yeah. So it's a big venue. So uh, uh, all of that has has something to do with the longevity of Stevie B yeah. getting that crown and designing something different than what was traditional freestyle artists artists two dancers yeah. dj yeah. 
they get a couple grand. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be seen. And I said, and I worked on try to perform for people. So I convinced people not only probably that I had good music, but when they saw me live, they had a nice experience also. Now, I know like besides a couple of songs, you've written most of your music. Now, how many of the freestyle artists actually do write their own music? I mean, my, from my understanding, there's a a couple that do the lyrics. Not very many people. Not very many of them can program the music. Uh, do the whole the whole package. Right, right. You know, and uh, I try not to do the whole package only because, you know, when you start cooking a certain way, there's just certain spices that I use. Yeah, because it's my own taste. Right. But when you when you allow another musician comes in the, to come in, they they have a different variation of what you may do. And then I try to bring on musicians who are way better than me and understand theory uh, movements, but those initial uh, 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 concepts, they'll come from me and then I'll build around it with, uh, with my team. And right. like I say, the Glenn Gutierrez and all these other kinds of folks were way more advanced to me. Toga Cadis uh, was early on. They got the digital uh, landscape early on. They got it. Right. And and we were the ones that, you know, pioneered it, brought it in and made it uh, the way music would eventually be done. And here we are 30 something years later. And that's the only way music is done. Some do it the traditional way, but right. it's don't have the same feeling. Yeah. So talk to me about the Postman song. I mean, that's obviously number one. It was all over. You couldn't not hear it back, you know, back in the day. Uh, talk to me this the evolution of that song, how it came about for you.
So that's Warren Allen Brooks. Right. And uh, Warren and I had a little team back in probably 85, 86. And we did a song called uh, Boy Toy by Friday Friday. So okay. you can look that up. Right. Uh, Friday Friday was a, a song. So the fight was Warren wanted to be a singer, but he to me, he was a good producer. OK. And I always say to him, you need to let me sing. You 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 fucking suck at singing. He hated me to say that <laughs> right. because he did. He, he's you gonna listen to Warren Allen Brooks music now. Mm -hmm. W.A. It's called Wob Nation. I mean, I, Warren is a friend of mine, so he, this ain't the first time he laughs like you when he is. Right. But I'm like, Warren, you fucking suck, bro. You're not a good singer. You okay? <laughs> and if you're listening to the Boy Toy record, you can hear girls are pumped when I walk inside the door. Daddy, me. That's Warren. He he would do right. like a, a, a '80s um, Prince or the Time. Yeah. He was the, he wanted to be the black time, you know, yeah. like the Spider-Man. He's that. But with the trench coat and the dark glasses, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> that was Warren. Right. So our falling out was, look, you need to let me do the singing and you do the producing. And we're going to be good. So he didn't agree with that. Hmm. So we split off. Right. But back in those days, Warren was having some 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 depression problems. And um, but he could, when he was depressed, that fucker could write. Right. <laughs> so uh, during that stint with me and maybe 85, 86, way before I was even Stevie B. He used to play this song on the piano that I only remember it as I got this way. He used to sing. Got your letter from the phone man just the other day. So I just remembered the first verse and I remembered the postman. So right. I, I always say a warm. And I say, look, man, don't be down. I say that postman song thing is going to be big one day. He said, you, you think so, Steve? I say, bro, just keep your head up, bro. Something going to pop. It's going to be good. So we separated. And um, I was probably two albums in already. Uh, in my eyes, Want to Be the One was already popping. I had Party Your Body album. Right. Spring Love album. Yeah. And I was just getting ready to start some new stuff for the third album. And I get a phone call at the record company. One day I was there. They say, Stevie, you want to take this call? There's a guy calling you from Florida. And he said his name is Warren Allen Brooks. And he's in the hospital. Okay. So Warren has a uh, a, a nervous breakdown. And, and, and I didn't know it. Somebody was trying to get me a message. And, but I wasn't returning the calls. But he, right. from the hospital, I guess he gave me a call. And uh, he tell you say, man, say, how you doing, Steve? I talk to you. I say, hey, Warren, how you doing? You know, how you doing? I say, yeah, you know, I'm in the hospital. You know, I'm, uh, you know, having little issues and stuff like that. I say, well, then, you know, send me some music, kind of thing. And he say, man, I, you know, I don't have nothing, bro. I all my keyboard, my little, my little drum machine that I had. He said, I don't do, I ain't doing nothing no more. I don't have anything. I say, why? He's, you know, I'm having something. I hear you on the radio all the time. And at that time, right. you know, I, I was fucking hot. Right. You, you could hear me. Even if you went to sleep, I was probably <laughs> playing somewhere, especially in Tampa where he lived. St. Pete. Yeah. Long story, a little bit longer. I said, uh, oh, I said, you know, at that time, it, my, the, 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 the light clicked on. I'm like, right. shit. I'm like, what happened to that postman thing? And, it, and what happened to that book of song? He had a whole book of okay. songs. A thing, a whole tablet. Right. And I said, what happened to the tablet? What happened to the only? He said, Oh, Steve, man. Hey, man. I, he said, I threw all that shit away. I'm like, What? 
I said, well, then what happened to the postman thing? You know, like, he said, man, oh, don't worry about that, bro. He said, I remember that. I got okay. that. And I, I say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm getting to the song. Oh, yeah. I, um, over the phone, I say, let me talk to the nurse or whoever has you. He can get out. He just, you know, yeah. he, you know, you, you want to feel better before you get out. So right. I had a place down in Fort Lauderdale called B-Land out in Bonaventure. I had like a 13 acre place, beautiful studios. And I said, this is what I'm going to do, Warren. I'm going to send you a keyboard and a drum machine for you to get back. And, and all I want you to do from now on is all I want you to think about making music again. And then because uh, I was on the road, I was I couldn't just leave. And I say, I'm going to send you down to B-Land. I had uh, uh, somebody that was running it, an engineer and all that. And I say, you're going to stay at B-Land. And all I want you to do is concentrate on writing music. Right. And do you know he wind up having seven songs on the Love and Emotion? Love and Emotion is him. Wow. Okay. He's the title. He yeah. did uh, 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 Because I Love You. He did uh, Heart, Broken Hearted. Just go look at those credits, Warren right. Allen Brooks. And he was, and at that time he was, he hadn't gotten medication yet. So he was still in that zone. And uh, uh, we went down and recorded the whole record, uh, the whole album. And it wind up being probably one of my biggest albums. Yeah. He, he became a millionaire. <laughs> he did well. And then later on, he told me the story, really what was behind that record. I couldn't, I didn't want to say it, uh, what the meaning was in the beginning because most people think it's a love song right between a girl and a guy but the true story behind the song is when he was in depression uh he said um uh he said the song is about i wrote a letter to god and he says god says i got your letter from the postman just the other so i decided to write you the song just to let you know so it was from a, a, a the depths of pain right that it would probably be considered a gospel song because the whole song is about god answering him by writing him the song okay and go back and listen to it now with that mindset and that's the story about beyond uh, behind because I love you, and look how big and how beautiful that song became one of the biggest records of in American history. What a blessing! Yeah. Thank you, Warren. Thank you, Warren Allen Brooks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, thank you because you know that song is fantastic. Now, there are yes. some artists like who have like interesting relationships with their top song. Sometimes they love it, hate it, they put it away, they don't want to sing it. What's your relationship with that song? That song? Yeah. Shit, are you kidding me? <laughs> I have a personal relationship. I love that song. I okay. love singing it. I love right. having it. I love being blessed with it. I thank Warren all the time. You know, thank you, you know, for, for getting blessed. And I know you, and then eventually, you know, Warren got uh got his medicine. He went on lithium and whatever okay. medication he made. And I he never wrote another hit record again. He was too fucking happy. <laughs> I told him you need to get off your meds. Yeah, I told him I said yeah. you need to get off your med your meds for about three months. Yeah, sink down and go into the depths of your self structuring <laughs> and find another song. Because I say as long as you happy, bro, you ain't writing shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> he he la he laughs about right. it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you like write your songs? What's your like? Emo can you write when you're depressed or happy? Like what's what's your general like 
attitude. Yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. Um, I would say the prayer album, I was in a really a, a major funk. Okay. Um, I was going through a breakup. I was going through uh, legal battles with the record company. Right. Um, uh, I was, I, let's just say I was a, a, a psychological wreck at the time. Um, uh, there was a lot coming out of me. Uh, uh, but the answer to the question, yes, as much as I can write when I'm happy and elated, I can go into those, 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 uh, uh, mental rooms of my brain to try to come up with. That's what prayer is. That album is, it's a heal. I think it's called uh, the healing. And, uh, and I was in it. It, it Mm -hmm. had me, um, but the answer to your question is yes. I like to write from that state. It's so real. It's so raw because when you do like a fake thing, uh, uh, people can tell when you yeah. don't come from, the, it's, it's like soul when they say soul music, right? <clears throat> you're just copying something. You're just trying to be a part of the flavor of the week. There's nothing real about it. And I suffered probably, uh, uh, you know, well, in my mind, I think I may have suffered uh, charting wise, but the realization was my career as far as radio was over a long time ago. I was just still living on yeah. the, the I was still living on the vape, the the, right. the, the fumes of possibilities. But uh, the closer I was to the hits, uh, I thought I still had a shot. I wasn't too old. Yeah. I was still probably in my 30s. But the farther you get away the farther you get away, it's sort of like no. What's yeah, the movie? Right, right. What's the <clears throat> what's the movie when she does a teacup? And the guy, uh, what was the name of the movie when they were cutting the people's brains out and and putting other people in? It was uh, what was the black director name with the two the two guys? Uh, you know the movie I'm talking about? Uh, uh, get out. Oh, get out with uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So remember, she did the cup, and then all of a sudden he starts yeah, to drift. About, yeah. Yeah, so you start to drift away from your your core career, and uh, and you know you you want to have a graceful fall. You know you're gonna, you know, I went to number one, and then there ain't nowhere to go after number one. You you gotta go, you gotta you gotta go down. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's what it was happening, but uh, you still think you have a shot. You still think you you know I can I can still box, bro. I can still get in. I can still beat Mike Tyson. You know. Um, but the, the reality was my last big charting record. Now I did have, you know, funky melody. Yeah. Dream about you waiting for your love was 96, 97 ish. We were, we, you know, I, I made it, I got on base. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I got on base and, uh, and, and it wound up being a really big record. I mean, we reached top 40 and then it went gold and platinum over in Asia. They really loved a waiting for your love and dream about you. Even okay. to this day right now, my right. biggest Spotify streams for those two songs come out of the Philippines, Asia, all of the whole Pacific Rim. Oh, wow. They love that song bigger than because I love you. Okay. O- over there. So I'm assuming you toured all the, all those places as well then, right? Yes, yes, I've been yeah. to Philippines, uh, you know, right. a couple of times and yeah. I never I never went to China, uh went to Japan a couple of times, yes. Uh, but I didn't tour Asia as much as I probably should have and could have only because I had other obligations. Right. Right. 
Do you remember where you were the first time you when your song was on the radio? When I first heard it on the radio? Oh, not a... song, but any of your songs, the your first time you heard it. Yeah, I mean, of course, I used to when when I first started in Miami, right. the DJs would do the mix shows every Friday night. So we had to wait till Fridays because that's the only time we would get on the radio. Okay. But it was so impactful. You didn't realize how strong those freaking one hour mix shows were. And uh, I wind up being like the king of the mix shows down here. But I can tell you, it's like it's a it's a whole nother sensation. It's it's an amazing mm -hmm. feeling to hear your stuff and then you know people were you don't know but people were fucking they were really liking it yeah and uh uh you know and i don't know if we appreciated it enough but it's a pretty big deal and it's a great deal now that we don't have it right you know, of course we hear it on the internet and other radio other forms of uh other forms of other applications yeah what about like the most interesting place you know you go out shopping or dentist office. Have you heard like, because I love you or something like that, <laughs> anywhere like that. All, all the time. Yeah. Elevators. Uh, there are times that I'm in a restaurant and then I'm like, I'm like, does somebody fucking recognize me and go put it on or, right. you know, and that does happen from time to time okay. too. Yeah. But yes, I mean, uh, that happened a lot when I was hot, right. Hot. And every once in a while, of course, Somebody does recognize me now. I mean, I don't have the goatee and yeah. the big hair and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. Die Hard and Stevie B fans, they know who yeah. I am. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't talk about something you're doing now, your 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 podcast, Freestyle yes. with TVB. So how did that come about? Uh, I had been trying to do a podcast. And then when Felix Sama, who did the remix uh, for the Take It All Back. Right. He said, you know, Felix has a lot of radio experience. Okay. And then Felix had his own podcast too, uh, you know, but he moved on and did this. So when he and I start to talk again during this uh, production, we were throwing it around. And I say, look, Felix, I tried this before when internet was first coming on online. A lot of our fans, mm -hmm. you know, it took our fans a long time to get on board with the computer. They didn't believe in it. Right. And nobody believed that music was going to be streamed on a computer. They didn't believe I'm talking about the, our 40 plus audience now. Yeah. Uh, it took And then what saved us was uh, uh, this thing right here, that cell phone. That's for sure. It saved us. And then of course, a lot of platforms start to come on Facebook. Uh, what was that first one a uh, long time ago? MySpace. <laughs> MySpace was the yeah. first one. So uh, that was the for our first Hmm. Uh, relationship online right. and there were many that did very very well but i was not convinced yet that it was going to be a work but i i knew in my heart radio and yeah. television will be exactly what we're doing right now right i was on board early on trying to stream i don't know if you remember some 10 years ago 15 years ago i was trying to go live when it was still 28k dial-up on yep. your AOL, you had that, and I was trying to do TV, and it was fucking freezing. Easy, yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't so much of what I was doing that nobody had uh, uh, the bandwidth. Right, nobody could, nobody could receive a stream. You didn't even have a a, a thing to receive it on. Yeah, you know, and then uh, and then nobody had uh, something bigger than twenty eight k on their dial up, and but I, you know, but radio you could do. 
early on. I did do yeah. it. I spent a lot of time doing this kind of stuff right here. Right. Then I would go on sometimes and I would talk and it would do good. But uh, at that time, it was just so work oriented. It, it just took a lot of time and I got frustrated. And I'm talking about, look, I was doing this in, in, in 2000. Right. 2001, 2000. I was trying to get a satellite on my house, send the signal to what they call a colo yeah. where your servers were. And then from that server, it would stream. I had streaming companies. And at that time, it was fucking $10,000 a month. Wow. That's how expensive it was to try to do these kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, then it was limited to a certain amount of people. And if you wanted, a hundred people, you pay for that. If you want five hundred, you wanted a thousand, you pay more, and you paid by how much bandwidth they were eating up. Right. So it was an expensive venture, and then later on, of course, all of these platforms came online, and uh, I wasn't like I said, I still wasn't convinced, and I'm still not convinced that it's a. Uh, I don't know if a if a freestyle uh, artist could go viral. Okay. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. We do good. Right. We do good. But we don't do little Dirk numbers. We don't do mm. little baby numbers. We don't do uh 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 you know Miley Cyrus numbers, you know, 50 million yeah. views, this kind of thing. I haven't seen none of us right not George, not K, not Coro, yeah. nobody, not even Stevie. And I do decent numbers, but I'm not convinced yet that we could get a, 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 a what you would call a viral hit per se. Yeah. Even with, even with uh take it all back. Right. I mean, well, it's you, it's something you love. That's the passion. You have to start there. And then, well, anything, well that's my, anything I, happens. I, it's a, well, that's, a, that's the excuse. I have to tell my wife when I'm spending all this fucking money right, you know, on it. She's like, why are you doing that? Just stick with what you got. And, yeah. You know, these older people, they don't want to hear no new shit and this and that and the other. And, and in a way she's right. What, what, what I'm going to do. But yeah. like you say, I have that passion. Right. It drives me. And I just can't, I don't think I'm old enough yet to just kind of like hang up my creative uh, shoes to say, all right, that's it. You're not going to write anything else. You're not going to produce anything else. Yeah. And because people were saying that even before take it all back. Right. And I'm like, I think it's bullshit. I think I can do it. You know, that's just the Stevie <laughs> B. That's yeah. just the that's just a little Jewish hustle in me. Right. Jewish, yeah. You know, you know, I'm a little Jewish boy, right? I, I am, too. I'm full Jewish. So it's uh, yeah, I don't know. But, I'm the, yeah. you know, uh, uh, what is that thing? Ancestry told me I was 50 percent Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi Jew. Oh, great. Okay. I'm like, what? Yeah. After all the shit I was talking about, about the Jews who ripped me off of my fucking money, I wind up. Stop it. Karma. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I said, "All right, it is what it is." Yeah. And I, well, you know, yeah. well, welcome to the that's tribe. A, yeah, welcome <laughs> to the. I'm in the tribe, and and yeah. um, and yeah. um, I try to use that sometimes. Sometimes too, actually. Yeah. Guess what? The shit kind of works because when I tell yeah. people I'm in the tribe, they kind of embrace me. Good. So, and I and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm like, okay, I like being Jewish. I think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a funny part, but it's a karma mm -hmm. karma a karma thing too. Right. And, uh, it is what it is. I can't change it. So you know yeah. what? Embrace, embrace it. Absolutely. And as far yeah. as the creativity goes, you'll know when it's time to hang it up. If you feel there's nothing left, 
to give, then then you know. But if there's something still inside of you to give, you're still going to give it. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the next in the next uh, in the next fifteen days, I'll be sixty five years old. I've never been sixty five, so I don't know how it's going to be, and I don't have a lot of older people around me okay. uh, to tell me. Because, you know, when you talk to your kids sometimes and they say, hey, you know, dad, what it was like to be 35. I was 35, 36, yeah. 37. I, I know some shit. Right. Now, heading into 65, who gave this number that says, oh, when you reach 65 or whatever it is, mm. that's the cutoff number for creativity. You can't sing anymore. You right. can't dance anymore. Who said that? Where did they get this from? And uh, it, but, you know, that's cultural. Yeah, that's true. cultural and, and and it's a and it's a cultural kind of like brainwashing and 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 for some reason i don't feel that yet i mean i can feel my body changing i don't yeah. know how old you are i'm but, 48 <laughs> okay yeah. so uh i used to uh, laugh at people i didn't laugh at them i'm like when i hear old people like when they get up and they kind of oh yeah. Uh, and they go uh, uh i'm like get your ass up stop <laughs> acting old and all this other right. kind of stuff that shit is real. It is. I guess it's real. Too, but yeah. <laughs> what I changed, what I changed was, um, I you know, and this is not for anybody. This is not you know. I stopped eating red meat. Period. Okay. And um, uh, and I do you know I'm a, a fruititarian, juicitarian, and I might go uh, pescatarian every just to get get the monkey off my back. Right. <laughs> But for the most part, my kitchen is full of, uh, uh, you know, uh, fruits and even not, and vegetables. Okay. And I and uh, it changed me. It changed my energy levels. It changed when I went to f- discover the herbs, of uh, and things like that. The combination of herbs. I, I not and then I understood then when God says, you know, the herbs, the fruits and herbs of the earth is made f- to cure. It's for the healing. It says right. And, uh, you know, there and I know there's some Hebrew teachings and some uh, Jewish teachings that teach you that certain combinations of foods don't go together. You should not eat them. Uh, there's reasons for that shit. That's ancient knowledge being handed down. And you think they just it's just, oh, well, it's just a religious uh, yeah. uh, uh, tradition. I'll say, no, you some of the shit you better listen to. These old <laughs> folks got some fucking wisdom. And right. if you got some good sense, you'll take the wisdom. So. um. I don't have those aches and pains like that now. And uh, 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 it's supposed to be a reversal. Your body is supposed to be able to heal itself. Uh, and, and they say, well, what about your proteins? And I said, well, ask a gorilla. Did he need any proteins? All he eats is fruits and vegetables. And that fucker will kick your ass up and down. The, <laughs> he'll yeah. kick your ass up and down the jungle and anywhere else. Right. So uh, there's some high benefits in it. I'm still a, a youngster in the, in the lifestyle. But all I can tell you is, uh, I hope I don't ha- I don't go back uh, eating, you know, the the cadavers of of uh, of animals. animals right. You know? But I but I did use. I mean, you know, I, I live in Brazil most of the time. They know how to do. They do meats, all right? Meats. That's for the sure. Brazil, the Brazilian yeah. churrascaria, and yeah. the Argentinians. Boy, let me tell you, they'll make you break. They'll make you break all your religious structure. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. But the CB, I love this. This is fantastic. I, I appreciate your time tonight. Everyone, check out his podcast. Free Sound with CBB. Take it all back. Check that out. 
are you going on tour anytime soon with the I'm on tour. I mean, it already started. So okay. uh, I'm off. Uh, I, w- I had a, t- a two week layoff, which is kind of good. Um, you know, get, letting me and my wife get the house here back in order. My kids yeah. had the house for the last three or four months. Uh, okay. And, and and when we come, we have to completely overhaul everything. So that right. gave us a little bit of time. But uh, okay. the f- next week we're out to uh, Albuquerque with MC Magic. He has a show, the birthday bash. It's my <laughs> birthday on the 19th, but we did it on the 15th or the 14th in Albuquerque. And uh, he's utilizing that kind of little hook to to get him in. And then, uh, you know, uh, the the rest of the tour starts from there. We're, we're pretty much booked for this year. It's doing good. I'm thankful. And a special thanks to CBB for joining me today. You can check out his website, stevebmusic.com. You can follow him on Facebook. Make sure you take a listen to his podcast, Freestyle with CBB. It's wherever podcasts are found. If you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at personal 19 or like the page with my youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and the show. Don't have iTunes, not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, basically wherever you can find a podcast. Before we go, we're going to take a listen to Friday Friday from Boy Toy featuring Stevie B. We'll see you next week.
Baby, 